I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAV. Thanks for joining me. Last show before the Christmas holidays. I couldn't. There have been a couple of times I've looked up at the calendar and thought, oh my gosh. I mean, it comes rushing in, doesn't it? Even though it's here since, uh, when do the stores start decorating for Christmas now? August? I have some big Christmas fans in my life, and they, I, I tease them for the extended Christmas vacation. I, I think it's a meter on how bad the economy is doing on how early the Christmas presents get out there or the Christmas decorations. And the reason for that is, is that if the stores are really slow in sales, they need to do anything they can to spark a little buying. And so that's just a theory of mine. And I think that's why we've seen over the past several decades, Christmas has gone from really cranking up on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, to where it's now all of November. And I, I believe, I believe this year, I certainly saw some Christmas decorations out either alongside or prior to Halloween decorations. So just an economic indicator in my own mind anyway, these stores desperate to sell. It'll be interesting to see. You know, we're going to find out that retail sales hit a record level this year. And the Biden administration and all of the talking heads and the CNBCs and Bloombergs will talk about the strong U.S. consumer. And what they will ignore is... The fact that probably most people bought less but paid more for the less and many people forced to actually charge those gifts as well. Credit card debt continues its climb. So anyway, there's so many other good reasons to celebrate Christmas besides the consumerism. I kind of rebel against that. I I try to target for the people that in my life that I love and I want to give something to, try to target something thoughtful and not really extravagant. We do a whole lot of gifting. I don't know how many gifts people buy every year where it really just, it's just like, well, I got to get them something, <laughs> you know? Please, nobody in my life ever feel you got to give me something. Call and say hello and tell me how good looking I am, and, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> There's all those, I would say those are the 20 to now $30 gifts. I got to get them something. No thought to it. It's just something that people end up storing in their garage for the uh, the rest of their lives, or at least until the next garage sale. Anyway, interesting season. Here's my quote of the day. Here's an idea for Christmas. If you want to do something beautiful and inexpensive for those that you love, somebody on the receiving end of this might actually end up getting mad at me, so don't credit this to me, but this is a quote from Richard Powers who said, there isn't a human being in the world worthy of any dog's welcome. 
I got to tell you, I am just such a huge fan of dogs. In my job, I encounter dogs fairly regularly, and I, it just brings a smile to my face, not to mention my feed of amazing, kind dogs that I see in my social media posts, the things that I use to kind of cleanse out my brain when I look at political and current events things. I got to have some dog videos in there, too. And dog, we just, we don't deserve dogs. Now, I will warn you, there are some a-hole dogs out there. I've owned one of them. Wasn't so much an a-hole, just a really spastic, unfriendly, unloving dog. There are a few bad apples. I'm sure every breed has them. There's probably some octopus out there that all the rest of the other octopus are like, man, God, God, just, oh, here he comes again. But if you want to do something great for Christmas, go to a shelter and adopt a dog. Get a dog. Give a dog a good life. He, he pays it back a hundredfold. You get a good dog and enjoy a companion. This is uh, another quote of the day here, and this one really follows up on my show yesterday where I really, I just, I talked about the spending statistics. If you ever miss a show, if you missed my spending, my government spending statistic from yesterday, you need to go get the podcast. It's one of the most staggering. I'm not going to repeat it today. Uh Uh-uh. Go get the podcast. I could use a few more subscribers. I don't push the podcast, but it is The Mike Madison Show. You can find it out there. Now, I was talking about this just this incredible statistic of the amount of money that the federal government has borrowed just since June of this year. Staggering stuff. And I said, you know, how, how is it that we are supposed to show some level of respect for this, these political parasites who just fund these bills? And you, and you know the game in Congress, right? I'll fund your wackadoodle plans if you fund my wackadoodle plans. That's why this gets so big. That's why I tell you, every time you get something that you like, that your side did, you paid double for it. Because the only way it was passed by your side was that they agreed to fund something on the other side for an equal or even greater amount. That's how the federal budget ratchets up and up and up and up and up. I'll fund your Ukraine war if you fund my... Israel war. That's how this goes. But I ran across this. This was just a meme. It said, imagine it's a, it's a takeoff on the Twilight Zone. It's got Rod, is it Serling? It's not Sterling. It's Serling, isn't it? Rod Serling that did the Twilight Zone. He's got his face on it. He says, imagine, if you will, an entire country so ignorant that the people willfully give billions of dollars in order to elect rich criminals to rule over their lives and steal their money but still believe they are free. I don't know, maybe that's insulting, but it's pretty hard to argue with. So I, um, many of you know, I have to record this show from the road now. WYAB has generously allowed me to have my carved out little two hours. It's all I can really do, even though I, you know, mentally, I'd like to do more. I enjoyed my 10 hours a week. Sometimes a little difficult to fill. It wouldn't be right now, but I get my little two hours, I record it from the road, I have to pre-record things for this show. And there's just nothing more aggravating than recording a show for, like, Wednesday show, and then having huge news break two hours after the show. I've already sent it to the station, they're already plugging it into programming, and I'm like, okay, so I know what's going to happen. People are going to tune in and go, I can't believe he's not even talking about insert the big thing here. So I, uh, the show was pre-recorded for Wednesday before we got news that Donald Trump had been taken off of the Colorado ballot. 
Now, I'm not a Trump fan, as anybody who listens to me, probably for even one single show, I take a dig just about every show. I'm not a fan, as everybody knows, but this is tyranny. It's in your face. It's just in your face tyranny. Now, I'm going to have a different take on it in just a second here. I would imagine you're probably, you may be even sick of hearing about it, as, as mad as it makes people, and I think rightfully so. If you're on the left, you should be mad about this, too. I mean, everybody who cares about us having any voice in government, at least when we get to vote, we get to pretend that they, you know, the politicians pret uh, pretend to care about us on the campaign trail, and then we get to pretend that we elected somebody who is there for us. It's a it's a great it's a great game of fantasy on all sides, right? <laughs> because the truth of the matter is they pander to us for our support and our money, but they don't really care about us regardless of what they say. And when they get up there, they're not doing the what, what we want them to do. They're not actually representing us, which is what they're elected to do. We know they're representing special interests. So it's really it's, it's just kind of a big dog and pony show anyway. But taking Trump off the ballot is absolutely disgusting. And you would think this would be one of those things that the right and the left could come together on. And, and I know what will happen. Well, actually, I've got, I've got a quote here. It's from Eugene Vindman. Is that the Vindman character who testified Congress during the, I don't know, one of the impeachment trials? I believe it is. When I copy and paste a tweet into my show notes, I take out all of the little emojis and pictures and stuff like that. It's just annoying, and it shortens up my my pages. So, I, But I think that's who this is. It's a Vindman character. I think he might have had a brother, too, maybe even a twin. This could be the twin. I don't know. I don't care. But here's what he had to say, and I would imagine you'll hear a lot of this. He said, quote, The Colorado Supreme Court got it right. Donald Trump engaged in the insurrection and should not be on the ballot. He deserves to be nowhere near the White House, and I will stop at nothing to make sure we preserve democracy and the rule of law. <laughs> I mean, in, in today's world of doublespeak, th this is a juicy one, isn't it? They are, the left and the Democrats are telling you that they are somehow protecting democracy by taking a choice that people would have on the ballot away from them. That's very interesting, but, you know, we've long since, uh, long since bastardized the word democracy. Our foreign policy has been, air quotes here in the studio, spreading democracy around the planet for decades now. And when some country actually shows up, actually has an election, and actually votes in somebody we don't like, we rush in and overthrow them, you know, to protect their democracy. They exercise democracy. We don't like the result. We go in and say, you're going to have to try that again. And until then, here's a strongman we're going to put, you know, we're going to, an America-friendly strongman we're going to put over your country until you get it right. Now, I'll be honest with you, too. I can't, I have grown so tired of even hearing the word democracy. A lot of people will point out, rightfully, we are a constitutional republic. But, you know, we have democratic processes. I've got to tell you, I've said it over and over again. I really don't care who 51% of you people vote for. Now, I might be happy if I was with you. 
and we elected one of my guys, I'll say I'd get some satisfaction over that. But the bar on who I vote for is so high, I don't have a lot of fellow travelers with me. So this idea of a majority of people voting to give somebody power over me, just the whole idea of democracy in that. And, and the only real value of what you would consider a democracy where the people get to vote on things is that you could elect somebody to represent you, right? I mean, you know, you're using your vote to give another human being your voice inside the halls of Congress or in the White House. The problem is your voice never transfers. You elect somebody, and again, they go and represent special interests, the oligarchs, and so it never really works out that way. But I got to tell you, as much as I am not a fan of Donald Trump, this is one of those things where, you know, even I, there's a little tiny piece of me in the recesses of my brain. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think it would be good for the country necessarily to have Donald Trump back in the White House. Better than now. But, I mean, like I said yesterday, I, I would rather have a chicken. I'd rather have a chicken on the resolute desk pecking at options for foreign policy and domestic policy than what we've got right now in the White House. So, yes, Donald Trump would be markedly better than Joe Biden. But that doesn't mean he's good. In my mind, he had his four years, made some colossal mistakes. A couple of them I might even bring up today. But it would give me somewhere in the recesses of my mind, should Donald Trump win? And really what would be beautiful is that if he won the presidency and he didn't get on the Colorado ballot, he did it without Colorado. Maybe they, you know, there'll be a couple of other blue states that'll pull away. I don't know if he was in play in Colorado or not. And again, I think it's disgusting. It is third world, banana republic, tyrants, uh, tyranny stuff. But it would be pretty funny. Now, I think this is just one of those stories. It's one of those, all right, we're going to give them something. Now, everybody, here's the ruling. Go fight with each other. You know, it feels like one of those things because it's pretty widely believed that the Supreme Court's going to strike this down. It's going to be a big nothing burger in the end. And, and I got to tell you, I have a conspiracy theory on this. I, I really, I think at WYAB, I may be the OG conspiracy guy. You know, I've done a 9-11 show. That, that whole event stinks to high heaven. I've talked about you know, the false flags that got us into war. Hell, I did a segment every week called False Flag Friday. I'm kind of the OG. Now, most, most conservatives have kind of embraced a lot of conspiracy stuff, particularly in the days of COVID, where, where you just realize, I mean, you saw it live time, them lie to you and gaslight you about a whole bunch of different things. And so the conservative movement got kind of more more receptive to the idea of a conspiracy theory. But I've got a big whopper conspiracy theory that it doesn't seem like anybody else on the right is embracing. Even people that I respect, even people in the Libertarian Party, this is just a, it's a creation of the mind of Mike Madison. And it plays into this idea of Trump being removed from the ballot in Colorado. So I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break. I'll come back and tell you what I believe. The, the even bigger, it's kind of like the... Uh, what are those uh, Russian dolls where you've got a doll and you open it up and there's another doll inside and you open it up and there's another doll inside? This is this is like a, I believe the layers of conspiracy. There's one inside another one. So I'll tell you what I think the big one is when we come back. The co-wind blow, rough night in Jericho. If the walls fall in, yes, I'll be saved by love. Jericho. I, stood on top the 
I am not a wrestling fan per se. I've uh, never, never watched WWE or any of that stuff. It's very cartoony. It's just not my thing. I'm not mad at anybody who loves it, but it's never been my thing. I've never really known the characters. <laughs> my, my fondest wrestling moments, I used to have a grandfather who was an Episcopal priest up in New Hampshire. Uh, this was before many of the Episcopal churches lost their mind. He was a very stoic man. Spoke very little, but when he spoke, he was very interesting. He was a huge reader, a real intellect, very calm. You know, as I was thinking about him during the break here, talking about this, he kind of had a Hitler mustache. Now, it was it was bigger than that. It was wider than that. But he was, um, he was, you know, his family was from England. I can't remember if he was born here or not and actually had some German heritage. I think it, it was it was much bigger. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't walking around with that little black mark above his, right underneath his nose. <laughs> but he had kind of a short mustache. I always kind of remember that, I think. Did anyone ever notice that? It just felt like, but he was nothing. He, he was not, he was just one of the kindest men, loved everybody, was a, just loved by his congregation as just such a, just a great man. And as I said, he was such a big thinker. He read everything. He read philosophy. He read mystery books. Well, you know what? He was just a reader. He was an intellectual dude. But my memory of wrestling is that this grandfather, who was a very stoic, very calm, portly, edu- uh, Episcopal preacher, uh, Episcopal minister from New Hampshire, would come down south. They came down. My grandmother or grandfather would actually drive from New Hampshire down to Jackson, Mississippi every year for Easter. I always made sure they had fried catfish. They loved that. And the other thing he loved is I would walk in the room and he would have Mid-South wrestling on. And he he loved it. And I would say to my grandfather, you know that stuff is not real, right? And he would go, oh, yeah, I understand. And then Tony Atlas would hit somebody with something. And he'd go, oh, look at that. Man, that hurt. It was completely out of character. But anyway, that's a long digression to say I'm not a wrestling fan. But I've seen it before and I understand. You know, there's always the guy that is that is always cheating. You know, he does it behind the, I guess I better air quote this, referee. <laughs> he, does, he does the cheating behind the referee's back. And everybody in the crowd sees it and they boo. But somehow, most times, in the end, that good guy who's been abused by all of the cheating by the bad guy emerges victorious. And everybody cheers. They see this. At least the fans are there. Now, there are some people who cheer on the bad guys, my understanding. Again, I'm, I don't really know. But, you know, it is a script. It is a script in professional wrestling, and I believe it is a political script. I believe that all of this Trump stuff is scripted around the same premise. Now, what are some of the results of Trump being knocked off the Colorado ballot at this particular time, knowing that it will probably be reversed by the Supreme Court? The Democrats need get to go out and say that ridiculous line, we're protecting democracy, and they will do what with that? They will, anyone, anyone, they will do fundraising, fundraising off of that, their great victory over Donald Trump. They will also rile up their side to stick it in the face of Trump supporters online or anywhere they encounter each other. 
That will be their plan. On the other side, what will Donald Trump do with being kicked off the Colorado ballot? I would imagine by now he's already sent out 20 fundraising emails and tweets, or I guess they're truths. <laughs> what do you call those things? Truthers? And so he will fundraise off of it. The Democrats know. They know that this actually makes Donald Trump more popular. So the question would be, and here's where my grand conspiracy theory comes in, because it's I, I look around on the right and I think, we all believe that the government does all kinds of unseen things, right? We believe the WEF is pulling strings behind the curtain, BlackRock. Goldman Sachs, we, we know these people have got their fingers in all. We know we are ruled by a bunch of people that most people won't even know their names, right? It's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not running anything. He has his handlers, and they're mostly people that we never voted for, we never vetted. God knows who they are. So conservatives understand these conspiracies. And I'm telling you, I think there's a conspiracy wrapped in a conspiracy. So they went out, they attacked Donald Trump. He will emerge more popular than he was before he was taken off the ballot in Colorado. Now, why? My big question would be, why would they want him to be so much more popular? Every indictment they've known since the very first one made him more popular. Every single Mar-a-Lago raid has made him more popular. And they know that Democrats don't know anything but politics. Like they don't they don't understand economics for sure, or maybe they do and they just ignore it because they're actually trying to, you know, they're trying to make the wealthy wealthier, trying to screw us all over. But uh, most of the rank and file Democrats out in society that I encounter, th their biggest problem in my opinion is they don't understand economics. Democrats don't understand a lot of things about the real world. They're very pie in the sky, very, you know, kind of immature about this idea of daddy government run. But what Democrats do know, they know politics. It's one of the reasons I just abhor politics in basically all of its forms now. And I can tell that they want Donald Trump to be the nominee for some reason. Now, there's a bunch of different reasons. Uh, well, they'll be able to cheat him out of it or, you know, he, he you know, but there's also people who say uh, they're just scared of him. I don't believe they're scared of him. They've done everything they can possibly do to drive Trump's approval rating. A lot of people like myself, pretty fed up with Donald Trump after 2020 in particular, where we had the least free year in modern America. A lot of people said no. A lot of people on the vaccine issue were done with Donald Trump. He is the father of Operation Warp Speed. That ticked a lot of people off. You know what's brought a lot of those people back to him? What the Democrats are doing. And they know this. So there's some reason that they want him to be the nominee on the Republican side. I, I, I fail to see. Maybe they are just hysterical and this is just boomerang stuff that they can't see coming. But I'm telling you, these people are so cold and calculating. They, they've put together a cheating machine <laughs> that third world dictatorships are probably jealous of. These people understand raw power and politics. They're disgusting. More about that in a minute. I got a very interesting clip about who ends up in government. But I believe they know this. And I'm going to give you, i got to take another break. When I come back, I'll give you another part of my conspiracy theory. Why maybe they want Donald Trump 
to be the nominee, and we certainly know if they keep the dementia patient in for the Democrats, he, he's a shoe in Joe Biden has got a, not got a snowball's chance in hell. I don't even think I don't even think they could get energy at the polls to cheat for the guy. There's a lot of lazy Democrats out there, and if they're tasked with you know going to all the drop boxes and putting things in and hacking into computers, I bet you that there's probably such low energy for the idea of reelecting Joe Biden that most people would be like, man, I ain't going out there in the cold and dropping off all these ballots in those boxes for that old geezer. So there's no appetite for him. So if it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, and we got a long time to find out who the Democrats might actually put up. But if it's them, there's no appetite for that. That makes Trump the next president. I'll tell you why I believe that many of the Democrats, not the rank and file, not the ones with Trump derangement syndrome, many of you might accuse me of that. I have a well-reasoned reason for not liking Donald Trump. And it's, I don't, it's not any of the same reasons that the left proclaims that he's, you know, Hitler or whatever. But I believe there's another reason the Democrats, the, the ones in control, the ones in the rank and file, they'll be mad. But the ones in control, I think they actually want another Trump presidency. I'll explain it to you when I come back. Stick around. We are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. If you're just joining us, I've got a big grand conspiracy theory on all of the political theater, the wrestling match, the professional wrestling match, not like real wrestling, like scripted, staged professional wrestling of why this is all taking place. Now, one thing I hear from people is they say, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I might bring up some things about Trump that really concerned me in his first four years. And they'll say, yeah, I know what you mean. But, you know, the reason I vote for him is because they just hate him so much. The mainstream media, which we hate, hates Donald Trump. You know, all of the Congress critters that you can name, they all come out and say things about Trump. The Liz Cheney's that their time has come and gone. And I can't say good riddance enough to the Cheney family. They hate Trump. And so he must be onto something. He must be a team good guy. Now, there's maybe that's true. I didn't see evidence of it in the first four years myself, and I'll bring up a couple of those things. But what, what I think people really fail to understand about some of the hatred to Donald Trump, particularly from the political class and even some of the, you know, maybe celebrities, it's mostly from the political class and the media. It's, these people are all narcissists. Hillary Clinton is just a, I, I don't know how you, how do you join these words? She's a narcissistic psychopath, you know, and so she'll, she'll try to tell the little people, you know, I don't like him because of X, Y, or Z, the insurrection or whatever she wants to say, whatever lie Hillary Clinton wants to tell. But the truth of the matter is, is that she thought she needed to be Queen B. She's Queen B. It was her turn. She's done her time. She wants the attention. She wants the power. And so it's, I don't think that Hillary Clinton is afraid of Donald Trump in any way because, you know, he, he had a bunch of people chanting, lock her up. And then as soon as he got into office, he said, oh, they're good people. She's been through enough. 
I see no reason for any of these people to fear Donald Trump, not the not the FBI that went after him. Hell, towards the end of his term, he was talking about getting a billion dollars to make a new FBI headquarters. I don't see why they would be scared of him. I believe they are. We just have a political class full of self-absorbed narcissists. And this guy came and sucked all of the air out of the room, <laughs> which is funny. I love to see them. I love to see them taken down a peg. I love to see them insulted in public by Trump because they're, they are disgusting, vile human beings that deserve that and worse. So I get it. But, I, you know, I attribute a lot of the hate. Same with the media. These media celebrities, they think they are so self-important at CNN that they're really a, a vital part of our democracy. They, they actually believe these things, not the vile propaganda machine monsters that they are. So when Trump points it out, I don't know that the media is scared of Donald Trump. He tried to do interviews with all of the mainstream media outlets. All his supporters kept going, would you please stop doing these interviews with these people? They're always going to try to make you look bad. They don't hate him because they're scared of him. They don't like him because he sucks the air out of the room. He makes them look stupid. It could be exactly that petty. But here's my, my big grand conspiracy. And one of the reasons I bring this up is because I had this conversation with somebody, and when I said it, you know, they went, huh. And it caused them to think for a nanosecond. That's the whole point of this show. Think about something different. Entertain a different point of view. That's all I ask. And then if you decide to dismiss it, which 99% of the people will, I'll come back to the airwaves. I don't know if I'll last on the radio till 2028, but if Donald Trump is reelected, I'm going to come back and say, see, I told you. I just I have that kind of confidence in it. But knock yourselves out. I mean, he, you know, I'd rather have Trump in office than Joe Biden or anybody the Democrats have put up. So knock yourselves out. I won't vote for him. I don't vote for war criminals. But anyway, here's what I believe. Here's where I believe that that the Democrats are doing everything they can to make Donald Trump more popular. To really solidify his base, he's, what, 50 points ahead in polls and the primaries. The, apparently, all the debates are just, it's Vivek trying to become vice president. Man, I've heard people saying that Trump won't deny and Nikki Haley won't deny that maybe they're going to be a president-vice president combo. I can't wait to see the head spin. If Donald Trump, now the thing that Makes me think that won't happen. As people like Tucker Carlson have said, that'd be a disaster. Even Don Jr. said there's no way that's going to happen. But Trump hasn't denied it. A, a, a Trump-Haley ticket? Oh, my gosh. I'll be very interested to see how MAGA justifies that. That would be horrific. But anyway, back in 2020, we experienced what I believe to be the least, the most tyrannical year uh, for the country, we, we've never had a year. I, I would really have to research it to know if even, I don't know to what extent martial law was enacted during the Civil War. But I would say certainly in the, you know, the last hundred years, uh, 2020 was the year where we lost the most rights, right? Never seen a year where they forcibly closed the churches. Never seen a year where they would go out and wade out into the ocean to arrest somebody on a paddleboard by themselves. I mean, we've never seen anything like that. I've never even seen the Chinese do that kind of stuff. I don't think the Soviet Union ever actually had things like that. So 2020 was the worst year for American freedom 
at least in the past hundred years, and I suspect probably in the entirety of our country, closed businesses down, bankrupted people, stopped landlords from collecting rent. They bought an investment property with a mortgage. They rented out to a renter, and the government came in and said, you can't collect your rents. I mean, we've never seen anything like it. And here's my question. Here in the state of Mississippi, Tate Reeves uh, participated in closing down the economy, in closing down the churches. There were police that were seen. <clears throat> I know up in the Delta at one point, there was a, a big case of, I believe, people being arrested or, or ticketed out in the parking lot of a church for daring to congregate, even in their cars on a Sunday. It was something along those lines. Don't hold me to that. But you know what I mean. Tate Reeves was putting out uh, his advisories about every few days, at least every week. I used to read these on the air where it was basically, uh, okay, your restaurant can have 25% occupancy, you know, but your bathrooms have to be closed or you can't, can't use regular silverware. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just complete micromanaging. They come back and say, okay, this week you can do 50% occupancy. This is Tate Reeves, a Republican governor in a red state, was micromanaging everything. And here's my question. Do you think that that would have happened here in Mississippi and in other red states if the edicts of closing down your entire economy had come from a Hillary Clinton administration? Now, I, I, I know that Democrats are already ready to obey rules, right? They're, they're frightened to death of climate change. They're frightened to death of a completely unarmed bunch of people walking through the Capitol. Democrats have demonstrated they are incredibly scared for their lives at all points, and so they will always seek the loving arms of the government. They're the easy ones. The hard people to more corral and strip freedom from is people on the right. Now, people on the right accept a whole lot of curtailing of their freedoms in a whole host of different ways I've outlined on this show over the past seven years, but they are more prone to say no to real big government overreach, like closing your churches, closing your businesses. And so the people who wanted to take control of this country, to really micromanage us, to give us that crisis that gave them total control over everybody as a kind of a beta test to see how easy it would be, that had to come from a right-wing government. I'll tell you right now, I believe people would have either been in the streets or at least lighting up the switchboards if Tate Reeves, if Hillary Clinton had said, we're shutting her down. If Hillary Clinton had Anthony Fauci sitting at a podium telling everybody, bossing everybody around, telling them what they could and couldn't do, that they can't go into a hospital and see their loved ones, I guarantee you the pressure on Tate Reeves would have been, we ain't following what Hillary Clinton's saying. And if you want to be our governor again, you're not going to tell us that you're going to implement Hillary Clinton's rules. But that didn't happen, did it? No, because they were Donald Trump's rules. And now some people were not happy with it, but it didn't have the, didn't have the power that it would have if people had rebelled against a Clinton administration. And this is why I believe in my grand conspiracy theory, join me here if you like or not, <laughs> that the people in power actually need to get that next stage of corralling conservatives who probably want freedom worse than Democrats and liberals, that are more anti-government. They, they need a kind of a right-wing guy. I mean, they've either got to get a right-wing guy to sell you on 
totalitarianism like Trump did in 2020, or they are going to have to use full-on force. Because I can't imagine, even I don't care what kind of wave of COVID comes, I know there's a lot of conservatives right now, if Joe Biden takes to the podium with any of the nut jobs he's got at the CDC or FDA to tell you that, you know, a, a wave is coming and you need to close your businesses and, you know, all these other things, I can guarantee you most, if not all, conservative business owners and pastors and everybody else would say, oh, hell with you. They wouldn't do it again. Now, I don't know what the next the next crisis is, right? They've probably got a lot planned for us. They got, we got a cyber pandemic on deck somewhere. <laughs> it's coming at some point. We know that, right? We've already been told. We've been warned. It's coming. And I got to tell you, I think that they will, they will be able to take care of the troublemakers, keep the troublemakers in line if it comes from someone on the right. And it's not even exclusively Trump, but Trump has already proven. Vivek might be the same thing. I don't know. But Trump's already proven he will roll out tyranny in this country if the people behind the scenes tell him to. He did. Now, I don't have time in the show today for everybody that's saying he didn't lock anything down. Boy, I've just got audio after audio after audio of Donald Trump claiming credit for shutting everything down. I mean, he did interview after interview after interview. Where he said things like, yeah, these governors tried to open too soon. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, if we look at the numbers... I'm going to shut them down. If they try to uh, reopen, we'll stop it. We won't let it happen. This is Donald Trump out of his own mouth. It's not me. And so I believe this is all orchestrated. It's the Democrats trying to actually give Donald Trump folk hero status. And I also, I could be completely wrong. And maybe he gets reelected and changes everything. I said during the first Trump administration, boy, I hope I'm wrong when he first got elected and all of a sudden there were 12 Goldman Sachs people in the White House, I was like, uh-oh, that doesn't look good. Then there was John Bolton and Christopher Ray and all these others that I complained about the entire time, in live time, on the radio, as he was making the worst appointments ever. But I always said, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because this is really heading in a bad, bad direction. By 2020, I knew I wasn't wrong. Trump's either not smart enough to outsmart these people or he's too willing to be duped. I don't know what it is, but I have no faith that he will change. People say, he's learned. He's learned? This is the candidate who just went out and bashed Chip Roy. Donald Trump sent out a message saying, I'm looking for somebody to get Chip Roy out of our Congress while he campaigns with, anyone, anyone, Lindsey Graham. So I don't have a whole lot of that. Well, he's learned this time, Mike. He won't pick the same bad people. He, he's going after one of the most conservative guys in Congress, asking for him to be primaried out of office while he's campaigning with Lindsey Graham right now. Like in this past week, in the past few days, this has occurred. So I'm just telling you, we'll see. We'll see. History will judge me. Hopefully someday when they dig up all of the ashes of the United States, you know, things are like fossils there. They'll find an old broadcast of my show and go, oh, my gosh, the guy was like Nostradamus. How did he know these things? It's going to be a while till we'll know if I'm right or wrong. Got to take a break. Come right back. Woke up in my
All right, final segment of the show. I've run my mouth a little bit today. I don't have time to get to my bully. We we've, we elect a bunch of bullies, but and I love this clip, but it's pretty evergreen. I'll roll it out for a show later because I, you know, I love being able to point out exactly who, who, who we are all have been electing to these positions of power, even in our local communities. They're busybodies and they're bullies, many of them. If you probably track them back to maybe their youth, you'll find out, you know, not all of them. There's some very good people seek office. I'm overgeneralizing. I'm just such a, I'm such a critic of government uh, in totality that that's it. But anyway, so we'll see. You know, and, and I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, taking Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado, boy, that is some serious election interference, isn't it, for a party that says— that they're worried about the Russians interfering in our elections and the Iranians and all this other stuff. Well, they, they, they really, I don't know if they can see it. I mean, they are so delusional. They may not be able to see how ridiculous their stance is on this issue. But, you know, is it election interference for Donald Trump to be asking for someone to run against Chip Roy? The people of Texas seem to be pretty happy with him. I think they've reelected him many, many times. He's done a good job for the people of Texas. But because he endorsed DeSantis, Trump's going to throw his weight behind a primary challenger of Chip Roy, one of the best congressmen up there. And I, and I got to say this, too. I'm just going to say it. You know, everything that happens to Donald Trump, whether it's the raid on Mar-a-Lago or the indictments or everything, which I all think is ridiculous. It's all, I believe, just part of the show explaining. I've explained an hour now of why I believe it's happening. But I'm disgusted by it like everybody else because it does show what a what a ridiculous country we have become. But everything that happens to Donald Trump, I just think to myself, well, let me let me see what's worse. He gets an indictment. He's going to have to hire a bunch of high-priced attorneys. Of course, his donors are going to pay for those, so it's not even out of pocket to him. And he's probably got to make a few court appearances. He'll even raise money off these things. Versus Donald Trump, who put Julian Assange in a cell to die by, his, by himself. Huh. And it really, it's very difficult for me to have a whole lot of sympathy for Donald Trump after what he did to Julian Assange. And then at the very end, when he had a chance to take his boot off of Julian Assange's throat, he went, nah, I'll just tell people I thought about it. That's all the time I got today. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next time. Oh, and a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Here comes the-